here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Hello everyone, welcome to Press X to Reload, uh, the continuing saga of us trying to make it to the end of the level, in this case the end of the movie, and hope that we hope that we, uh, you know, unlocked all the achievements and enjoyed it and don't want to just pull it out of the system and throw it across the room. I am Nick Moore and joining me are Wayne Brissett. Wayne? Hello everyone, thanks for having me. And Mark Athanas. Mark? Yeah, uh, I'd like to say I'm happy to be here, but I'm not. But uh, let's get to it. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't be a sourpuss. There's worse than this, but not by much. So we watched Max Payne <laughs> from 2008, starring Mul uh, Ooh, I couldn't even say his name properly because I'm so traumatized by the film. Mark Wahlberg. Uh, so a couple of things for yeah. those who haven't seen it. We'll go over some quick overview. Uh, it is an adaptation of the game of the same title, Max Payne. The game is a hard-boiled detective story where you're trying to find out who killed your wife and child, and it's so far into noir, hard-boiled detective, that it very much is intentionally parody. It's not trying to be serious, it's trying to come across as so super serious that it becomes funny. But it has really good action mechanics, it has bullet time, and then this movie adapted none of the things that work from the game and some of the <laughs> things that don't work. Uh, it has a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. It kind of broke even in theaters and it stars as i said mark Wahlberg. so what did you guys think of it i i think the best way to put it is exactly what you just said in that the whole time watching it i was like you know if i didn't if it wasn't called max Payne, it would be a mediocre movie at best but knowing the source material it's astounding that they decided to not use any of the stylized action, <laughs> that oh, is, which is what made the game so unique and playable, which would translate well to a movie. The action is so slick. It's very, like, it's it's not even slightly taking some of its cues from John Woo movies. It's very, like, things are slowing down, guys are diving over things, two guns going, sliding over tables. Like, that is the, that's the gameplay, and it would look good on film. It's very cinematic when you play the game. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they decided they didn't want to do any of that. Amazing. It's amazing. It struck me as odd watching this movie one hour into this hour and 40 movie. One hour in. I know because I paused <laughs> it at this moment to just to make sure that marking the occasion. One hour into it, they finally have a gun battle. One hour in and they have an yeah. actual gun battle when the entire game is just a sequence of gun battles and, you know, Noir mm. detective schlock. This kept the schlock, but it didn't play it up as high as I would have liked. I wish it had been a little bit sillier. But mm. it didn't have any of the action till an hour in. Like, what the... F oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah. Wayne? Uh, well, this is one of those unique scenarios where I don't know nothing about Max Payne. I never played the series. I know of Max Payne. I've seen trailers way back in the day, but... Never played a single game, have no idea what the story is about, what the character's about. So it was a unique perspective finally going into 
a movie game at or sorry game to movie adaptation of something I didn't know. <sighs> Mediocre is probably the best word. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's good. It was just a movie. When it was done, mm-hmm. both the wife and I were like, meh. You know, like there's nothing really outstanding about it. It was hard pressed probably to even think of something nice to say, but hard pressed to think of something bad to say too, right? Because it was just a bland movie right across the board. Average acting, average action, an obvious detective story where only the detectives can't seem to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's yeah. kind of dumb in this movie. Uh, <laughs> they, yeah. I don't know. They all are. Yeah, and well, it's, <laughs> it's funny because yeah. I mean, I've played the games. I've played Max Payne you know, one, two, yeah. three. I really enjoy them, even they yeah. are though they are really over the top to a point as as I said like a parody of the noir detective it's a pretty simple story and they get the main beats right his family is killed it jumps ahead three years later one of his close friends turns out to be on the side of the bad guys BB who did it for financial gain his partner who he's estranged from Alex gets murdered in the game gets murdered in the film and there's an evil woman corporate overlord behind everything in both they kept those basic beats, but then they screwed with each one of them just enough to make them stupid, <laughs> which I don't really understand. Yeah. Like, as a quick thing, the game, because I actually just started playing it again yesterday, because I have you know I picked it up on Steam hmm. for like three bucks. It took uh, an hour to troubleshoot it because it's an old game, you know, trying to get it running on the computer. That hour felt better spent than this movie, just saying. But... <laughs> It opens with the the climax of the story. Max Payne is on the top of the skyscraper. The villains are all dead. And he's giving a narration. And then it cuts back to how his family dies and does the three-year time jump. And over the course of the story, you kind of stumble into, holy crap, the thing that I'm investigating ties into the death of my wife and child and he becomes obsessed again. Whereas this starts at the halfway point where he's drowning in the lake with no real explanation as to who he is, why he's drowning. He's just really somber. And then jumps to the three years later, but doesn't go over anything about his wife and child being dead, just that he's obsessively trying to find out who killed them. But you didn't see anything before then. You didn't see when he was normal. You didn't see him crack. It just starts with all that stuff already kind of played out. Which is a really odd choice because if they were just going to exclude it, because, you know, wife and child dying on film, maybe that's a little bit too hardcore. But they still do it halfway through the movie. So why did they put it halfway through? <laughs> yeah. It's totally stupid. I, and the, the weirdest part about it to me was, like, playing the games, like, because you get to see him normal and happy, when you see him later, he's rough. He Right. He, like, Mark Wahlberg's still well put together in this. He's still well-dressed, well-kept. Like, Max Payne is maybe he's wearing clean clothes maybe he's not he hasn't shaved in a couple days who knows when he slept like that's kind of the feel of him and it's the feel of the the story it's almost like he becomes obsessive he's not sleeping i think at one point he's either he's drugged and he's hallucinating like you know it it goes through someone more realistically in the video game version of someone who's just like kind of down and out right um this one it just seems like he's he's just angry but he's totally fine he like has he, the yeah. he's a little perpetual pissed. Mark Wahlberg kind of pissed off face. Yeah. Yeah. But he never really seems like really kind of broken up. Uh, it turns out apparently he either got nominated or won a Razzie for this, 
which I thought, good for you, winning awards. He's not even the worst performer. He doesn't emote it. well. He's yeah. No, he he certainly doesn't emote well, but like that's that's a normal thing. So he does a version of angry in this that is similar to his confused face that plays out through all of the happening. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Where he doesn't actually have <laughs> any emotional range. He just has this one face. Yeah. And I'll actually give him credit for this, and I'm I'm kind of taking the piss out of it, but playing the game, it's an older game. It's you know early two thousands. They don't have the advanced graphics of now, so even though it's a 3D model, it is a pasted-on face for your character. And if you spin around and look at him, he just has this permanent, displeased look, like someone farted in the room and he can't figure out who did it. Mark Wahlberg has that kind of unhappy face and doesn't move it, so maybe he's just doing a really good rendition of the game model? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Yeah, he looked pixelated. Oh, yeah. it was very odd. Yeah, but... yeah. yeah. One thing that I was hoping that we'd kind of play further into, because the game does, is in terms of the ridiculous over-the-top dialogue, when you have the police chief introducing uh, Bravura to the cold case files, Bravura being the cop who's going to chase after mm. Max Payne once he goes too far. Max Payne's sitting there looking kind of pissy at his desk, and Bravura asks what's his deal, because he says, hey, you want to go for a drink? And Max Payne just stares at him, which I guess is mm -hmm. enough to make Max Payne seem like he's... I don't know, heartbroken in some way, and not just being a dick, but Bravura can feel the pain in him. And when he asks, the police chief's response of, you know how kids would hold their breath when they run by a graveyard? Don't bother about him. Like, what? It's like, yeah. That, 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 that sounds like, a, I was like, that's like, it sounds like an what? attempt to rhyme something and doesn't rhyme. But it sounds it's like, like oh, that's yeah. over the top, <laughs> everyone's going to talk completely outside of how people talk in real life. No, I know exactly what he means by the whole, you're so scared when you walk by him, he gives this vibe, and he says that, but Bravura wasn't scared by him, he was just kind of annoyed by him, but that over-the-top <laughs> yeah. dialogue, well, I wish that was throughout the entire movie, because that's maybe my favorite line of the and film. They, <laughs> they pretty quickly drop Bravura too, and it switches to IA investigating him, and then you kind of never hear from Bravura again. Well, I mean, he like, just... I, I don't understand it yeah i is very odd but my second favorite line in the entire movie and i don't know if you remember it all that well but get off bitch is maybe the funniest yeah. goddamn thing in the film max <laughs> yeah payne that was goes pretty funny to... i think that's the only time i laughed <laughs> oh god max payne who three yeah. years later working in cold case files as far as i can tell only works the case of his mother and his sorry I apologize, only works wife, the case yeah. of his wife and his child being murdered. He doesn't seem to do anything else, but they all seem cool with it, which, great, I guess. My tax dollars at mm -hmm. work. But he <laughs> goes to talk to his informant, who's having this gigantic rave party, and bursts in. And while the informant is trying to ask Max Payne, please, just leave, just go, there's, there's bad people here, and I really don't need you making me look bad one of the sleazy women goes walking up to try and hit on Max Payne and the guy just goes, get off, bitch, and pushes her away. <laughs> just throws her away. <laughs> and I laughed so damn hard. Yeah. Because... That was the only part I laughed she, at. I couldn't even tell if that was scripted or if that was just an improv thing where she was like, this is my moment to make it big in Hollywood and the informant actor was right. having none of it. <laughs> but yeah. it was kind of great. <laughs> I kind of chuckled at when he turns down Olga Kurilenko's character and she's oh, like geez. naked in oh, bed yeah. and he's like, get out. And she's like, what? You're, like, get out. You're she's kicking like, me out of your you're, bed. You're kicking me out of your bed? <laughs> and she laughed. And I was like, yeah, 
everything about the situation is that ridiculous right now. You would not do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, again, for the, the sake of anyone who has not watched this 16% film, so he goes to the informant's place and tries to get information. Don't really know what he expected to get because he's gotten nothing from this guy for three years. But comes across, as you said, the, uh, the Russian woman and her sister, Mila Kunis. And the Russian woman takes off with him and tries to throw herself at him. After making fun of him and his dead wife, <laughs> like yeah. she's on the bed naked saying, you can call me by your, your wife's name if you want. Oh, she left you. You look very sad. She has yeah. no idea the context of what do you mean by left. Doesn't know, oh, my wife and child were murdered. <laughs> I don't really know if that's how pretty people actually work where you can say whatever you want not being a pretty person myself maybe it's that easy uh, but it was kind of hilarious to see her kicked out of there also hilarious to see Mila Kunis trying to be a badass I'm sorry she's a good actress I love her but I don't buy it at all yeah her character is pointless yeah, this whole well, film there's a point in it where her character was like you know what I do for a living, I'll kill you. And I'm like, I don't know what you do for right. a living. And I've been watching the entire movie for an hour and 40 minutes. I still don't yeah. know what she does for a living. Well, I mean, yeah. if you play the what games, you know that dealer? she's a, a mob lord? boss. She's a mob she boss yeah. in the games. Yeah. But they don't really make that clear. You just kind of infer that I guess she's part of crime in some way. She seems to know them, but you don't know what kind of crime she does. You don't know what mm -hmm. she's done to establish herself as being terrifying. You could literally interpret her character in that game as she's a mob boss. She's just a Russian who's connected to organized crime. So she's got people who protect her or uh, she's just really rich and influential. And it, like all the other corrupt, influential people has their own little private army with her and carries a museum her jacket. Because that's all they tell you about her character. She's basically <laughs> crime underworld version of Paris Hilton. That's basically all she seems to be. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, and Mark Wahlberg suffers from the, the thing I'll point up a little bit as well. They both seem too clean and too young to be grizzled noir characters. They just, neither mm -hmm. one of them yeah. come across as believable in it. He needed to look rougher. She needed to look more weathered. Neither They both look like they're, again, playing dress-up. Uh, but going way forward past all the things that don't matter and we'll skip over really quickly, he stumbles across the fact that you know his wife and kid are tied into these mutilations that are happening and his partner dies and blah, blah, blah. Once he's actually kind of on the run, it becomes entertaining enough. Like when he just storms into the precinct sure. to where his partner's office is, and everyone's like, "Where are you going?" <laughs> Bus into the guy's yeah. place, locks it. He's still a police officer at this point, and is just trashing his partner's office, looking for files, sinking his career, making himself look like an incredibly guilty suspect. He doesn't care why he's even remotely surprised later on that they're trying to shoot him. I don't know. But then they start shooting yeah. at him and the movie gets better. Partially because yes. I wanted him to be shot at and partially because they actually have an action scene and Chris O'Donnell <laughs> dies. <laughs> I was amazed he's in it. Weird. Did anyone else know that Robin was in this movie? Oh, yeah. No, well, I didn't know until he was there. 
Yeah, like I had that reaction every time I saw someone. I was like, Bo Bridges is in this. Mila Kunis is in this. Right. Chris O'Donnell's in this. Olga Karolinko's like I every single time. Like I was like, wait, what's the rapper who's in this? Oh, uh, Ludacris. Yeah. Uh, Ludacris is like Ludacris is in this. Like every single time, I, I was I was blown away that they somebody convinced more than Mark Wahlberg to do this movie. And I don't I don't have a problem with Mark Wahlberg, but he makes some bad movies sometimes. He truly does. So. <laughs> now, one thing I did actually appreciate that they changed in the game, the drug Valkyr, and they talk about how it's Norse mythology mm. and this and that, but they never really play it up other than just that's how the name of the drug that basically makes you either a super soldier or an insane person. This one, mm. using the idea of the hallucinations and these demonic angels like floating around people when they're taking the drug... I don't even care about the logistics of why is everyone hallucinating the same thing because the same thing. I don't think yeah. hallucinations work that way. <laughs> but but it looked cool. It looked amazing. Like that one yeah. shot when they they go up to the mob boss's sister, Owen like, Green or whatever. Right okay. when they go up to Owen mm. Green and he's tripping out on this stuff and he's at the edge of the the window and he's looking like he's going to fall mm-hmm. over and Mark Wahlberg goes running for him and it does that wonderful pan shot where. It starts mm-hmm. off in reality, and you can see it panning with Mark Wahlberg trying to catch the guy before he goes at the window. And as the camera goes past the building line, you see one of these demonic angels grabbing him by the shoulders and pulling him out of the building. Even though yeah. he's really just falling to his death, it makes it look like one of them is taking him. That is a gorgeous yeah, pretty shot. Cool. Yeah. I found that they some of the special effects definitely got better as the movie went on. Like the, When he's when he double doses and like the oh. roof disappears and it's all fire and demons, it's just like, that looks awesome. That it does really look awesome. It, lo- it looked like it belonged though more in like a Constantine movie than it did the Max Payne, even though sure. this is explained as he's just tripping out. Yes. And I guess it confused a few people watching it where they're like, are the angels and demons real? Like, of course not. They're the drug, but that's another change. I yeah. really liked in this, in the game, at one point you get caught as Max Payne and the evil woman behind everything injects him with that stuff to kill him. In this, he's in the water freezing, pulls himself out, and it's because he's suffering from hypothermia he takes that as a last-ditch effort to save himself. The fact that it's an active choice of his part to take this drug that might very well kill him, but he's so determined to get to the end, that was way better. I thought that was a really positive change. Right, So it did have moments that worked well. Yeah. Yeah, and again, like I said, it's a uh, mediocre. I like the look of the film. Oh, yeah. I, I do like that noir look. I like the dark New York snowy nights. I like the mm-hmm. the cold blue colors, especially in contrast to when people are drugged out and they see the fire and hell and demons. I don't know. I, I do like the mm-hmm. look of the film. That was probably the highlight of the entire movie. <laughs> well, and especially when he injects him. Well, injects when he drinks the yeah. Valkyr. When he gets up and the snow that's falling on him on the dock starts turning into fire that's coming down. That looked amazing. Embers, yeah. Such a cool visual effect to show him kind of Mm -hmm. slipping fully into this insanity. And the next 15, 20 minutes are exactly the kind of action and gunplay and frankly insanity of Max Payne losing his mind that I wanted to see the whole time. It just took so (laughs) goddamn long to get there. Yeah. Yeah. In a story that, frankly, they botched badly enough that you kind of don't care about until he's dying. 
Like, was BB's turn as a villain not, like, flipping a switch? Did he not seem to go from genuinely caring to well, blank-faced psychopath real quick? Yeah. I yeah. couldn't I couldn't understand because even at the moment where he flips, he's got about two or three different opportunities to kill him and doesn't. Yeah. And he's trying to make his death this really elaborate thing. And I'm like, well, what is the point of that? Right. Like he, you could have let – he could have let the psycho guy kill him. Yeah. And it would have just been the same narrative of he was obsessed. He went somewhere he shouldn't have without backup and he was killed. Why save him? Bad I guys win. Movie understand over. understand it. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't – I don't understand it. I do like psycho guy, Jack Lupino, who starts off taking yes. the injections basically being Steve Rogers when you look at the flashbacks and the promotional video yeah. about how everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And by the time you meet him in the actual story, he's Billy from Predator. He is f- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't talk he, much, but just stares at you like he's staring yeah. daggers and then gets at you with an actual machete. He's terrifying, but never really does a whole lot like he kills a guy strapped down in a chair which i didn't really understand mm-hmm. they inject one of them with valkyr and then drop him on the floor and they chop someone with a machete weird no context yeah if it doesn't uh, make sense to anyone listening yep. don't worry it made no sense to me either <laughs> and then he yep. kind of beats the crap out of mark Wahlberg a little bit and gets shot by a fat guy in his 50s that's disappointing yeah. very why does he kill the sister i i kept waiting for any explanation why the sister had to die and i didn't see one no idea they mentioned something about like he's mark uh, ludicrous was like he's marking them but for what like they don't really say no he butchers her like he he cuts her to pieces <laughs> when they're like like when max Payne shows up to that scene he's like what happened to them because oh, there's so yeah. many body parts and they're like it's one person it's a woman <laughs> right <laughs> like, and then later on why? when they say oh he's marking them like, well, marking by the tattoo that she chose to get, it's not like he grabbed her, put a tattoo on her and said, Ooh. I'm going to release you like I tagged you like a deer and I'll find you later. She went to that place, to her tattoo artist, got that tattoo. How is that marking her? Yes. Wouldn't that tattoo guy go, maybe I should stop doing these tattoos for people. They seem like trouble. Yeah. But, it, and again, that's the problem is they're like, she gets all of her tattoos here. In other words... It's just a tattoo artist. It wasn't like right. she sees this guy who's a little weird, but he tattoos angel wings on people, gets them hooked on drugs, and then he chops them up. But how awesome Fine. is the you voice know. of the tattoo man? Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they found like – He needs to be a transformer. I could listen to him talk about <laughs> Norse mythology easily yeah. past the runtime of this film. I wish For they sure. had a yes. commentary version that was just him talking about the film. His voice Agreed. sounded yeah. like Sam Elliott yeah. if he was a biker tattoo man. And he was awesome. I really liked him. Yeah. I got a nice say, interlude. He, he fit that noir lived in world. Yes. He, he yeah. looked like, yeah, he's seen, he's seen things. You know, mm-hmm. that, and it's that thing that was like the rest of them are missing. It's just but oh, there it is. This guy's seen some things. They got him <laughs> while filming on they location. They their mark on him. <laughs> yeah. I would not be surprised if he was a genuine tattoo artist. Oh, yeah. Who was just like, yeah, man, I'll do your movie. <laughs> and a genuine Norse god, I'm guessing. I'm yeah, guessing. for sure. Uh, yeah. But one, uh, one other quick thing I just want to bring up, going all the way to the end of it, 
the woman behind everything lives, and I don't understand why. And this is going to come from the whole mm-hmm. fan of the game versus, you know, movie on its own. But the climax of the game is killing her when she tries to escape from the helipad. Not BB. BB dies in an earlier part in a garage, and that's the moment he betrays you, and you kill him when he betrays you. You know, like it would make sense. She's trying to get away in a helicopter, and you topple a tower that lands on her. In this, BB's on the top of the the skyscraper, and Mark Wahlberg gets up there after shooting all of the security forces and takes him down with one bullet, and she gets away scot-free so that she can be in an after-credits scene. I understand... Oh, there was an after-credits scene? There sure is. There was an after-credits scene? Yep, Mila Kunis (laughs) and Mark Wahlberg, because I refuse to use the character names anymore, because they are not the characters. Uh, But they meet in a bar together, and Mila Kunis has a newspaper showing the evil corporate woman on the front of it. And I guess it's implied that now they're going to go after her. But you don't need to do that. Oh my god, they thought they were getting a sequel. Well, even if you actually got a sequel... There's more than one Max Payne game for a reason, because each game had an entirely new narrative with a new problem to solve and a new arc. You don't need to drag out your villains. Not everything is the goddamn MCU. Yeah. It would have been a tighter film if they were able to close that thread off, and I think it would have been a little bit more satisfying for the audience, and it might have helped the film, because it feels unfinished, which is frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know there was an after credit scene, so uh, boys and girls, uh, don't turn it off as quickly as I did, I guess. <laughs> no, no, I still, still turn it off as quickly. Nick I, already told you what it is. Done. If you sit through the whole thing, oh, you sit through the <laughs> whole thing. No. That's the way to do it. Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, visually I had some awesome moments. That entire gunfight yeah. that happens before he gets mm-hmm. drugged up with uh, Chris O'Donnell where he finds out that his character knows something about his wife's death and goes up to the middle of that building to confront him and beat the ever-loving snot out of wimpy version of Chris O'Donnell. (laughs) That whole scene is actually the most video game part in the whole movie. Once once Chris O'Donnell gets shot and it turns into that shootout, it's like, okay, they literally dump tens of thousands of bullets at Max Payne, miss yes. every single one. Matt, Max Payne blindly shoots about eight bullets all connecting. <laughs> and I think yes. at one point they're like, okay, one of these bullets has to hit Max Payne. So we'll just graze his shoulder and yeah, you one know, your health only goes down one notch. It, it felt very video game. Now, the one thing I did yeah. like about it, though, he gives at least the illusion of danger. He's not doing the whole badass, I stare at you, don't move and fire. He's wildly throwing his arm over things and firing. He's (laughs) running while he's shooting with one arm over his head as he's running away and using his other hand to try and cover his face because, oh dear God, (laughs) the entire world is trying to shoot me. His acting during the action scenes is probably his best work in the whole film because he's allowed to do more than just pissy face. Uh, But the absolute best is near the end when you've got that ascension of the the skyscraper all of the slow-mo that you would have for like the bullets Mm. whipping by mixed with how fast people go flying across the room when he shoots them yeah yeah the shotgun the shotgun's pretty exciting putting in work as far as i can tell the shotgun has the force of an elephant rifle because he'd shoot someone and they would skid 30 feet across the screen and it was never It was never not funny. It was awesome every time there it was happened. A, 
There's that weird one where the guy's above him on the catwalk. That's what I was about to say. It looks like a sniper rifle. And what it it made me laugh. I genuinely laughed. This is my first genuine laughter in the movie. Was he leaps backwards to shoot, and the guy's first bullet barely misses him. Makes sense. The guy's next three bullets ain't hit somewhere to the far right because visually the camera angle looked really cool if they shot the the chemicals and the and they're all erupting and spraying all everywhere and i'm like that guy for some reason had a shot lined up <laughs> and oh, decided no before the bullets hit me i will miss by a foot <laughs> that was the only <laughs> slow motion scene that didn't work for me all the other slow motion scenes i thought were no. you know crisp and sharp but that one make any sense. when it was done i almost laughed like that looks stupid like just the way he jumps back I did laugh. He's shooting three backwards. He's shooting three forwards. It was like, this doesn't even look right. It just well, didn't work. Well, when you see the shot of Mark Wahlberg falling backwards, he's firing almost completely behind him. But this guy's on a catwalk 20 yes. feet above him. So his shot shouldn't connect at all. When this guy's shooting, like you said, the first shot misses, but only barely. And all the other ones happen about 15 feet off to the side of him. It was purely yeah. about what yeah. shots look good. But when you actually try yes. and mentally reconstruct what's going on, they're firing wildly away from each other like a G.I. Joe sequence. It is baffling because the yeah. rest of the time, they're able to do it really well. All of the other slow-mo shots look good. The action is the strongest part of this film, except for that scene. <laughs> and, and even two yeah. stories up, when the shotgun actually hits him, it still sends him flying oh, yeah. the same oh, as if yeah. he was right beside him like the other guys. <laughs> yeah, Somehow, like... It Somehow. would make sense if it clipped him and he tumbles over the side. I would have been fine sure. with that. But no, every shot needs to launch you like a cannonball. Like, okay, fine, whatever. At this point, I'm just going to chalk it up to... Because I think that's after he's been hallucinating quite a bit. It's what he's drugged, yeah. I'm going to assume yeah. he's hallucinating all of that. <laughs> and none of it's right, quite yeah. happening the way that he, he pictures it. The guy's actually standing on top of a desk, not on top of a thing... 20 feet above him. Um, yeah. The things exploding aren't 15 feet away. Those are the pencils and everything flying around him. And the, mm-hmm. the first three shots just miss entirely and the last one gets him. Yeah. I'm going to assume that's the case because when you... And he's still on the dock. <laughs> yeah. Everything at the end he's is actually, a lie. He just OD. He actually he's drowned. Even, he's, he's not even murdering henchmen. He's just actually shooting up an office building. Yeah, it's just rats. He's shooting rats in that warehouse. It's the night crew, the cleaners, and the janitors. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop! <laughs> but yeah, outside the, of that, the real after credit scene is Max Payne in jail. <laughs> there's not the much else murder. to comment on. I mean, really, other than the I'm surprised we talked this long. <laughs> ah, the music's pretty decent. Like you said, a lot of the yeah. cinematography looks pretty good. It's just when the characters open their mouths, they don't really say anything that really works. I still, to this day, and it's not this film's fault, but no. anytime I hear someone say head, I laugh because it's just the weirdest insult I've ever heard. So hearing yeah. Mila Kunis say, you know, on your knees, head, like you're trying to sound tough, <laughs> but you just sound like one of my kids trying to like bully me into giving them a snack. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some cereal, you shit. I mean, Dad. Oh, yeah, so I'm picturing your kids. I want that Rice Krispie, you shit. The film would have been better off if one of two things happened. Either they abandoned all pretense of trying to be realistic and just went with the -the over-the-top noir insanity dialogue that exists in the game, or just make it a silent film. Yeah. 
you would have been better off just yeah. making yeah. a silent film. If there's a, I know some DVDs have a score only track. I feel like I've watched it with the score only track. I probably would have enjoyed it more, and it would have made Possibly. just as much sense. Yep. You know, I I think although sometimes the style choices they made were the best parts of the movie, it just kept reminding me how much they were missing the mark with the game because it's just like you know the game was just a little grittier just a, a little darker just a, a and again because it's so over the top all the time it's just it's just a little bit more that it was missing it for me so like i was like that was pretty cool but they just missed it and, and this is a movie that could have been like a really amazing adaptation if they just actually stuck a little closer to the the source material so it's actually really interesting actually and it bothers me. This is why my why maybe pet peeve with some of these like video game movies when when you make a video game movie adaptation and you're eh, kind of loosely based off the the source material, uh, then it's hard to make another one using that title because you don't want people. You can't make another Max Payne movie because you don't want them to confuse it with this Max Payne movie. You got to <laughs> right. call I mean, it like how, else, uh, like how Dread got screwed over by Judge Dread years prior. That's kind of the problem. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And Dread is an awesome movie. And Judge Dread yeah. is the law. Is yeah, not an awesome movie. Well, fun, but not awesome. I hope that one day Max Payne gets another shot at a live action film. I hope that yeah, the next time around it has all of the style this has, but stronger substance. That's all I'm hoping for because yeah. the style was Agreed. there. Yeah, but my God, the substance was lacking. Eh, but yeah. that's okay. But it sounds like that's all we have to say on this. Would you guys recommend it to anyone? <laughs> well, I wouldn't recommend um, it. You know what? I mean, I wouldn't I, recommend yeah, it. No. I mean, it can I wouldn't. be... I'll let you go, Mark. Go. We're talking over. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't... I wouldn't... Yeah, I, I agree with you. I wouldn't... I wouldn't recommend it, but I, I don't know that I would necessarily, like, be like, you better not watch it. Don't if you know nothing about Max Payne, um, I didn't. You're going to be way less disappointed than like <laughs> someone who knows anything about Max. Payne. I agree so, with that. Agreed. If you're a fan of Max yeah. Payne, stay away. Uh, I, again, I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it. But in, in in comparison to his video game counterpart, I can't say anything to that because I don't know the series. Um, I could tell you honestly, I enjoyed it more than Assassin's Creed or Double Dragon. So. I enjoyed it. <laughs> More than Assassin's Creed. <laughs> End of sentence. That was the end of my sentence, Wayne. too. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it more than Assassin's Creed and Double Track it. Correct. <laughs> you're on your own. <laughs> this is the second worst one for me so far. But if you're a fan of just action movies, there's worse ways to spend it. If you're a fan of Max Payne the Game, just watch a Let's Play There's worse ways to spend it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But... We will bring this one to a close. Next time, we will be watching a adaptation of a video game character that was adapted into a different genre of video game. So we'll be watching an adaptation of an adaptation. We will be watching Detective Pikachu, uh, which I have seen before, and I am more than happy to watch it again. Yay, a good film! I have not seen it. I have you not seen You will not be it, disappointed. So it is That's not what I forgot that was our next movie. Lovable. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to your opinions on it. Thank you again for listening to Press X to Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me has been Wayne Brissett and Mark Athenis. Gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Good night all or good day, whatever you, whatever you listen. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.
Adiós. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athenas, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review. We'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next stage.